What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Uh, we have a very, very special episode ahead of us. Yes, we do. Um, we have decided to tackle the Candyman. The one, the only. The... On this, the almost Eve of the Candyman reboot, mm -hmm. which I think is just coming we out later this week, right? This weekend? Um, yes, yes, yes. 27th, right? Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm, Friday, mm -hmm, I believe. Mm -hmm. So this mm -hmm. week, y'all, it's out. It's finally here. It's on its way. Yeah, thank God for that. <laughs> it's, it's been a minute. <laughs> It's been a minute and I've been getting very restless. I know I've told this story to you like a couple of times already, but I was scrolling through YouTube a couple weeks ago at like 1 a.m. and I got an ad for Candyman and I almost burst into tears because I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I just want to see it already. So yeah, needless to say, we're both ready. We been waiting until it was nearer to that release to cover the original because i think for both of us we wanted to have that really fresh in our minds mm -hmm. before going to see the new one and then we also just thought it would be nice for you guys if you guys are going to see the new one and you maybe you know haven't seen the original in a while this can be a nice little brush up for you guys um but we didn't want to face Candyman alone no we like, no 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 that's we too need risky. Backup. Yeah, it's a little risky. Uh, so we had to call in the big guns. We had to call in a very good friend of ours uh, from our college horror days. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. we have Nate Treadwell Ooh, with us. What up, Nate? What's up, homies? What up? What up? <laughs> what up? Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to be here. Like, I'm actually a fan of this podcast. Like, a real fan. Like, I, like, <laughs> listen to you guys. All the time. Hey. Oh, really? Like y'all are on y'all are under my saved podcast. Y'all understand how serious that is? Like I'm really a fan of the podcast. So oh, I'm really? really excited and happy to be here. If, yes. If you're a real fan, what was our fifth episode? <laughs> uh couldn't tell you. Couldn't <laughs> tell you what the fifth episode was. But I can tell you I loved all of your Freddy Krueger. Hey, nice. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> and look, in your thank defense, you so I don't know much. if I could have told you what our fifth episode was. Yeah, so that uh, was like a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Now, if I would have put, now if I would have came out with the fifth, oh, you know what? That was actually this such a. Such. Then y'all would have been like, oh, this guy, oh, this guy on, been, on our ass. No, no, no. He's the real to the real. <laughs> I would have been a little bit shook. I don't know. We might not even have a fifth episode. I just kind of threw that number out <laughs> just, just to see, just to catch it slipping. Um, but yes, we are so excited to have you on here. Like I said, 
Nate is um, a very good and old friend of ours. We all met at AMDA. Mm -hmm. And I would say that you were also a homie of horror because anytime that we had a horror night, you were in attendance. You were always there. I certainly was. And we saw so many good and bad uh, <laughs> horror movies. I mean, we would go to Redbox and we would be like, what What? What do we want to watch? And it was always a scary movie. Always. Mm -hmm. always. And oh my God, we would just sit there and watch scary movies all night. It was so fun. And great. bad and good at the same time. Because I like bad, good horror mm -hmm. movies. Mm -hmm. and, and I think you guys kind of share that same uh, love for it, too. So, yes. yeah, I remember those days. Yeah, for... Cannot get enough of them. No, no, no. Honestly, <laughs> homies, y'all haven't had a movie night yet until you've had a movie night with Nate. This man will turn any movie night into an event. Uh <laughs> I, I mean no hyperbole when I say Nate is also one of the funniest dudes I think I've ever met, like, on the planet, period. This man's got jokes for absolute days, so. Oh, man. <laughs> See, now I got to turn it up. Yeah. Now I got to turn it up. You didn't hype yeah. me up now, man. I know. I was like, okay, pressure. And wait a <laughs> Put it Funniest on. man on the planet. They're going to be like, okay. <laughs> But I just want to set them up. I just want to set them up for you to knock them down. Yeah. That's all. All yeah. right, man. <laughs> That's true. We set them up. You shoot them down is what we is what That's we're right. trying to say. Um, but when we I think for both of for both me and Roshane, when we were discussing that we should do Candyman, because obviously we were going to do Candyman like it is a horror staple. It was going to be talked about. But we both were pretty early on kind of suggested you coming on the episode because you had professed to us uh, your feelings about the Candyman movie. If you would like to let the homies know kind of your background with this movie. Yes. Okay. So I absolutely love this movie probably too much because, I, you know, I have watched this movie probably a thousand times and it's always been scary to me even as an adult uh it is still something very creepy about it and i, I feel like uh i was able to actually pull a lot more from it as an adult mm -hmm. uh you know watching uh candy man and seeing all the like little symbolism and how the movie is actually kind of a sad movie. Mm -hmm. uh like when i'm re-watching it every time i watch it i'm like oh there's a lot of like you know, stuff about just society and, and community and, uh, you know, just different themes and, and, and the imagery, everything about it. I feel like it's, you know, it's it's highly underrated, mm -hmm. like highly underrated. I think it really is. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to talk about it because I, I really I really like this movie a lot. And Tony Todd is, I mean, the best there the is. Goat. <laughs> one and only he is the goat you know what i i don't think i told you guys this before but i met candy no stop stop no oh God. don't throw it out like this not like this <laughs> yo i'm telling you i met candy man and it was the weirdest funniest weird story that i mean it, 
Okay, so I'm going to tell it, okay? Yeah, yeah, go yes. for it. All right. Obviously. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, I used to live in Hollywood. You guys mm-hmm. know that. Uh, this was after I graduated, and me and my girlfriend at the time were walking up the block, and there was a tall figure walking, like, probably, like, 20 feet in front of us, right? Mm-hmm. And he was going the same way we were going. And we were walking up the hill, going to our apartment, and I start getting this feeling like, yo, I know this dude. <laughs> now, I don't know how I know this dude, but he sticks out like a sore thumb because he's tall as shit. He's, like, really, really, like, tall and, like, kind of, like, big, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, looking, I'm, like, yo, yo, I think that's, I think that's candy, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and my girlfriend at the time was, like, who's who the hell is that? No, that's candy. No, I no, think that's no. candy, oh, man. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know who that is. Who the hell is candy, man? What the hell are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, I'm telling And I, I, for some reason, I could not get out the words that, oh, he was in the movie, you know, this, that. And th- I just kept saying, no, that's candy, man. And so <laughs> we're walking uncomfortably close to him now because it's one of those like, uh, Situate, you know, when you're walking the same direction as somebody and you're like walking on the street yeah. and mm-hmm. you're walking kind of fast and they're kind of like not really walking fast. Mm-hmm. So now you got to like awkwardly like walk with them. Yeah. Like, it was one of them type of situations. So I ended up like kind of walking next to him and he's like dumb tall. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm only I'm only like five, nine, like on a great on a good day. <laughs> so <laughs> so like he's, you know, definitely like six something, six three, four, Mm -hmm. five, six, something like that. Probably taller than that. And I walk up to him and I, it was so embarrassing kind of, cause I just came up to him and I was like, "Uh, can (laughs) you? And he was like, he laughed and was like in the, in the flesh. (laughs) (laughs) Only It was so dope. And I mean, his, like he was not in character or anything like that, but his presence was yeah. really just like that. He was so cool though, because like we was as we was walking up the block, I was like, "Oh, I'm a big fan!" Like I really turned like all of the couth that I had thought I had, <laughs> all of the like professionalism, all of that went out the window, and I never thought I would even act like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I started to. I'm a. I'm such a big fan of your work and blah, 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 blah. And he just started like kind of talking to like he was like yeah you know i'm really proud of that uh that role you know you know one of the most iconic roles and blah 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 and we're literally walking up and we walk to my apartment building to our apartment building mind you my girlfriend at the time was walking with us not understanding why this big (laughs) ominous man and she's kind of confused because i've damn near ignored her while i'm having this conversation (laughs) with candy man And so we get we get to the building and he's going into the same Mm-mm. building. Mm-mm. No. He's going into the no. same build. I'm like, oh shit, Candyman is in my building. Like <laughs> and he was like, Well, I'm going to visit a friend here. I, no, I asked him, I was like, Do you do you live here, Candyman? And he was like, No, I'm going <laughs> to visit live somebody. Candyman, Candy you live here? <laughs> I called him Candyman the whole time. I didn't even say Tony Todd. I, I felt disrespectful. If I said Tony Todd, I felt like that was disrespectful. Like, I don't know. Because I know him as Candyman. Right, right, right. So I was like, you live here, Candyman? Like, it was just, I mean, I felt so dumb afterwards. Because, like, I was like, man, I could have handled that a little bit better. But I mean. 
<laughs> but we get into the building and he goes and he's like, all right, well, I'll see you. And he like steps off and we get in, uh, we go upstairs and she's like, what the fuck was that? Because <laughs> she doesn't know who this person is. And I'm like, just Google. Oh it's Candyman. He's famous. I'm telling you, it's Candyman. He did a whole bunch of stuff in Pagrini Green. Like, it's Candyman. Check him out. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she checked him out and she's like, oh, okay, wow, that's weird. Like, and even afterwards, she was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> like, but yeah, it was embarrassing because I just did not handle that situation the way I thought I would have. You know, I thought I would have like been a little bit more. Uh, Poise, I don't know, about it. Yeah, a little poise, something. I went up there and just like acted like I was twelve. Like, <laughs> and he makes you feel like you're twelve because he's just such a like big, tall guy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. So yeah, that's my uh my Candyman story. <laughs> the the craziest part about that entire story was that your girlfriend at the time didn't know who Candyman was. Didn't That's the, that yeah. is the craziest part of that story, I, I man. Know, I was kind of upset about that. Candyman is. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't even I didn't even bother to really explain it while we were walking up the hill to the, our apartment. I, no, I was like, oh, "That's more... Candyman." I was just kept I just kept saying, "Yo, that's Candyman." Like I'm, <laughs> how you don't know Candyman? <laughs> yeah, and she's just, not, oh, my, yeah. "Oh my god!" It was just so ridiculous, and oh man, it, it, it was just funny. I, every time I, I think love about how, it, like the way that you were acting, I feel like even if Tony Todd did live there, he wouldn't have told you that. You know what I mean? Like, Probably he not. Because now like, when I look back said, at it, I look like here, I was Candyman? some weird fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would be like, no, no, I'm just visiting. Ah, uh, no, no, no. Right. I'm just brushing And now in, when I think about it in retrospect, he probably thought we was following him. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, yeah, he's close. like, "Do you live here?" <laughs> yeah, that's so dope as hell that you got to see the man in the flesh. That's wild. That's pretty crazy. In the man. flesh, yes. Oh, yeah. God, man. So I guess, needless to say, Nate's a fan. Yeah, needless to say, we've got yes, a pretty big I fan on fan our hands. <laughs> um, but I am very, very excited to dive into this movie with you because we've never really talked about it besides saying, like, you know, our general thoughts about it. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to break it down a little bit. Um, obviously, this is such an iconic movie and it has been out for a while. So <laughs> um, we don't really... We're not necessarily going to, we're still going to do our plot synopsis. Uh, Roshane is still going to do his plot synopsis as usual. Um, But past that, we're really just going to kind of dive into things and just kind of let the conversation as it happens without worrying too much about the plot in our later on discussion. Yeah, y'all should have seen this movie by now. That's on you if you ain't watched Candyman yet. Spoilers ahead. You're right. Uh, but you want to should we should we just hop into it so we can uh start mm-hmm. chit-chatting about this mm-hmm. all right well homies as always you know we are entering into spoiler territory so you have been warned but like we said already we are talking about Candyman from 1992 uh this movie is based on the short story the forbidden by clive barker uh directed by bernard rose and starring virginia madsen Xander Berkeley, and of course, Tony Todd. 
Legend has it that if you say his name in the mirror five times, he will appear and gut you from groin to gullet. This is the tale of Candyman. Our story follows Helen, a young graduate student with an interest in urban folklore. Helen, with the aid from her friend and colleague Bernadette, is working on a thesis paper on the Candyman, a hook-handed specter haunting the Cabrini Green projects of Chicago. After testing the myth for herself and paying a visit to Cabrini Green, Helen is ready to write off the legend as nothing but a fairy tale. Unfortunately for her, this fairy tale has a very bloody conclusion. Insert headless hounds, killer bees, and sweets to the sweet here. Our film concludes with Helen on the run from a myth of her own making. Also, Trevor roll credits. Stop. I wasn't expecting the the Trevor. The Trevor had me screwed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whoa. Yo, okay. when you started moaning Trevor, I was like, oh my God, like, I'm going to uh, die. Not today. Not Look, on this. I, I'm just saying, I wanted, I personally wanted a counter for the amount of times that Helen shouted that man's name throughout the course of this movie. Because that is it one is thing I did not notice <laughs> back it's when a, I was a child. That half her, half her damn dialogue was Trevor. Yep. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, you're right. It is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But that out of the way. Um, why don't we just hop right into it? Um, Nate, since you are yes. our guest today. I think it would be uh, only right if we ask, what is in your notebook? You know, the first thing that comes to mind, uh, at, at least as of recent, when I'm thinking about uh, Candyman, is I'm thinking about the last time I saw it and how Candyman was nowhere in sight <laughs> throughout <laughs> the whole first half of the goddamn movie. I was yeah. like, man, I kind of remember him like slashing everybody up in the beginning. But, for, but like, besides for that little like, seeing him in the mirror in the beginning mm -hmm. and hearing his voice uh in the in the beginning with that uh backdrop of like the bees and stuff mm -hmm. Candyman was barely in it but he was in it like his presence was in the film the whole right. time pretty much cuz you kept fear, uh, like hearing that music and the way that every character talked about him was like it was like yo don't even say it don't even say his mm -hmm. name like mm -hmm. it like so it was like it was like he was in the movie but you just really didn't see him. So that's the first thing that kind of comes to mind when it comes to, like, uh, the last time I saw uh, Candyman. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're, yeah. You were saying something about that, too, uh, before we started recording, Erica, is, like, the fact that he doesn't really pop in until about, what, an 40, hour? 45 minutes. 45 in. minutes. Yeah, because I even made a note. Um, yeah. The the actual Candyman, he is on CPT time because he, <laughs> yeah, made, does not make his grand entrance. A thousand percent. His, yeah, his big reveal <laughs> really comes about 45 minutes into the movie, but 
despite that, you're right. It, he's so heavily ingrained within this entire film that mm-hmm. I, I almost didn't notice. Like, I made that note because I was it like, wasn't oh, my like gosh. A you didn't miss him. No, no, because he's so much into it. And the whole idea, I feel like it works really well with the whole idea of this legend perpetuating throughout time and really keeping this person's spirit alive is the whole first 45 minutes is based on a legend and Mm -hmm. the idea of Candyman before you even see him. So I, as an audience, didn't even realize that my boy my boy didn't show up pimped out in the fur coat until yeah about halfway through the movie but by the time he gets there i think they've done so well in building up that tension that when he finally gets there it's like oh yeah man's was hyped up (laughs) man's came in hot and you know what i have to give it to them for his first appearance happening in daylight in yeah. a parking garage like what yeah that's that's huge that's huge because like most times mm-hmm. when people think about horror or like big horror villains it's always nighttime is scary right that's when you're in danger is when it gets dark but Candyman says uh nah fuck all that i show up when i want to show up what's good here, yeah in the macy's parking garage <laughs> he said hello <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what was he doing in the Macy's parking lot the whole time? Like, cause she was like, like she came, she was going getting into her car. Like, was he just like kind of chilling up there? Like, that's where he got his coat. And, like, nah. was waiting. I, oh my god! <laughs> I would like to believe that he was waiting there the whole time. That like several people walked by his ass, just standing there ominously, and he just didn't say shit to them. <laughs> so, or or he probably did. He was like, hell. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Can I can I ask you guys? Do you remember your like first experience with this movie and like Candyman? Do you like remember when you were younger seeing this for the first time? Yeah. Oh. Uh, so this movie came out in 1992, mm-hmm. and I was born in 1992. Same. So I didn't see it probably until like I was like four or five. But before I was a that Excuse age, me? I remember here. I, I watched four? I watched horror movies very early. Oh, my okay. dad my dad was a horror film like fanatic so he loved horror films so he showed me everything the first horror thing i ever saw was thriller <laughs> when i was like probably four see i would, I would show my um, four-year-old thriller i would yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't feel bad about that <laughs> but uh but yeah i saw Candyman like super super early but before i saw Candyman, it was all about the yo don't say his name mm-hmm. don't say his name in the mirror and so it was that whole legend so i i went into it knowing about like the legend of Candyman uh before even seeing who he looked like or or, or anything like that so that was kind of my experience with like the first time you know experiencing Candyman it was like looking in the mirror and not saying his name five times mm-hmm. being really scared being really scared of the legend mm-hmm. so uh, so yeah that's 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 what it was for okay. me yeah because if you asked me like hey when was the first time that you saw Candyman? to be quite honest with you i couldn't give you an answer i don't remember but i completely agree my first memories of Candyman is yeah that entire concept of knowing that i had the power to make him appear which is very 
it's very nerve wracking to me. It's because I feel like everybody has had that moment in their life, right? Whether it be at a sleepover or just hanging out with your friends where they're like, Mm -hmm. ooh, you know, it's like the Bloody Mary. I remember doing that with my friends when I was younger. Mm. And, you know, that idea of, oh, well, what if something happens? Mm -hmm. And so that's like the first thing that I remember of Candyman. And to be quite honest with you, I don't know if I had even seen the movie at the point, I I almost feel like I knew that first and knew just yeah. that aspect of it for so long and knew about the hook and knew about the bees, but didn't know anything else about the movie. And I don't even, I don't remember when I first saw this movie, but I, I imagine I was probably like in high school by the, by the time I finally watched the movie all the way through. But yeah, I just Uh-oh. knew that aspect of it for so long. And that alone was enough to have me like shaken in my boots. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people share that same thing too, Erica. Like, I don't think that's a very rare occurrence with this mm-hmm. movie. Cause like I grew up outside Chicago. So, and you know, this movie takes place uh, at Cabrini Green, which is an uh, infamous location known to chicago and so for i feel like everybody in that general area this movie took on a whole different life where it it transcended being a movie and became an actual urban legend you you believed in Candyman if or like in the in the 90s and like early 2000s you 100 percent believe that Candyman existed because that's all people would talk about is Candyman, Candyman, just like you said, the sleepovers, it'd be like, yo, don't say, don't say his name. Like, don't, don't fuck with that because it's, it was so ingrained in the culture because I was the same way. Whereas like, I grew up hearing the Candyman story long before I actually watched the movie for the first time. Um, And to this day, I am still absolutely terrified of the myth i have not will not never will do the five times in the mirror <laughs> um hail to the nah you can miss me with that uh out of curiosity have y'all have y'all ever done it either of you yeah mm. i did it I did. Did you, you yeah. did it oh my god why'd you say yeah i did it i did <laughs> you know what i'm i'm a, i'm like a freak for for like a pain i guess or like i don't even know what you call it just like i like to be scared and so I was yeah. like, I gotta try it at least at least once, and I tried probably several times. And I mm-hmm. believe <laughs> just I, to see time, if the first I one was a fluke. So much <laughs> that I that I almost made it up in my mind that something was happening mm-hmm. after I said it the fifth mm-hmm. time. So it was almost like I <laughs> like I would like and I would like try to like bring my brothers and sisters into it too. So they would be like in the bathroom with me and we'd be like, all right, let's let's uh, let's say the uh, candy man. And they'd be really, really, really scared. And after we said it the fifth time, I would like, <laughs> like something like ridiculous <laughs> just so they would believe it because I loved it so much that I wanted them to believe it, too. So right. I would like continue. Oh, my the gosh. Legend. Yeah, yeah, because I was the, the, I was ridiculous like that though. Well, the, the, I think the magic of the story and the film is the fact that it's it's the magic is in the fear. It's the fear of thinking that something will happen despite knowing that it's coming from a fictional source, but still it being so ingrained in your soul and your thoughts that yeah, 
it's like that test of like, are do you, do you got the balls to say it? Do you are you got the nerves of steel to finally go in front of that mirror and say it? Like it was it was one of those things that a lot of people shared, and I think it was a cool thing. But mm-hmm. the fact that you say mm-hmm. that you after five times would start to like kind of make up things happening is <laughs> yeah. well, it's 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 very it's very on track with the movie too because I mean we have our main character of Helen, which this whole movie is based around this concept right that she is doing a thesis paper on these folk legends and stuff like that and her disbelief that these things are real and like how Mm -hmm. over time the more she learns about the story um the deeper into the myth we go i think that it's an interesting point of view for the movie and i'm kind of curious how both of you felt about helen as a character um, especially like her role in all of this and like what she brought to the movie. Mm-hmm. Helen is an interesting character. To me, Helen is kind of a variation of a white savior, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. I feel like she has a habit of inserting herself into things that really have nothing to do with her. And she has this like, oh, well, she has this mentality that, oh, well, I can fix everything or I can do everything or I can do whatever I want without any consequences. And it's something that not only happens with Candyman, but even in Cabrini Green. And like the fact that she takes it upon herself, you know, to go there and, oh, I'm going to investigate the murder and I'm going to insert myself into Anne Marie's life. And I'm going to, you know, there's all of these, there's a specific way that Cabrini Green operates. And that's just the way that it is. And Helen comes in and decides to put it upon herself to shake things up. And a lot of the things that happen in this film are as a result of her doing that, you know, and she she even says it herself in the movie. She says, you know, oh, all of these things happen at Cabrini Green and then I go there and I get beat up and now the police want to get involved. And it's like, well, yeah, because you don't belong there. Like you don't belong in this situation that you are continuing to put yourself into and Mm -hmm. then even with Candyman, Candyman and a lot of the things that happen with him are a result of Helen influencing people because she changes you know because she starts to have a little bit of control and power and starts to kind of put a starts to say oh you know Candyman doesn't exist Candyman isn't real this is all an urban legend as a result of that he appears and you know says that he needs to shed innocent blood and that's just another thing that like Helen created and I I just think that there's something about her that is very like 1992 privilege yeah she's very (laughs) yeah no it's like she's but the thing about it is it's like She's not a bad person. She's not a bad character. And nah, I can, she, and you she just really wants to finish her thesis paper. Like, yeah, that's her, that's her thing. You can understand where she's coming from. But yeah, there are a lot of times throughout this movie where her privilege is so apparent. And it really, like, gets away from her. And she allows it to cause these situations that did not need to happen. And... Yeah, I don't know. She's a, she is a very interesting character, though. And 
at times I was you're you're I at least am irritated with her but for the most part I actually enjoy watching her um like navigate the Candyman aspect of it I think most of my frustration with her comes with the Cabrini Green side of things. Mm-hmm. And she also honestly offers up a very interesting perspective on that area too, because like, although Cabrini Green was like a dangerous place for a very long time, it has it has a rep for people who aren't from around that area as being like, oh, this is one of the most dangerous places in America. Or like, oh my God, this is the this is the murder capital of the United States where it really wasn't like Mm -hmm. it wasn't even the most violent place in all of Chicago. Now, granted, I know people think that Chicago is just a constant war zone. Um, It's not, you know, there are some bad, there are some bad areas for sure, but there's a lot of beautiful stuff in Chicago that I think people Mm -hmm. kind of just package together with all the gang violence and stuff that you hear about in the media. And one of the interesting things about Cabrini Green was it was as a housing project it was actually one of the better ones that got made and like for a lot of people who were living there um it was some of the best living uh situations that they've had their entire lives you have people going from like living in dark damp basements to getting to have a full you know several room apartment with an elevator and like running water and it was like a really nice thing for a very long time Um, The issue came from the fact that after a while, that area stopped receiving support from the city. And Mm -hmm. so essentially, they just left those people to fend for themselves for years. And I mean, when you leave people to their own devices and their own survival for that long, like, yeah, inevitably, things are going to start deteriorating, like the place started to fall apart. Um, Gang violence became more prevalent because the people who would want to move to other places wouldn't be allowed to like Cabrini Green was located between the Gold Coast and Lincoln Park one of two of the most like money areas in Chicago during the time so like I think a lot of the mythos around that place comes from that is like there was a lot of rich white people around the area so it kind of amplified how the violence seemed to people but all that being said I do think that changing because in like the original short story, like this thing takes place in like London or something like that, I think, mm-hmm. originally. So bringing it overseas and doing it at Cabrini Green was actually a fun choice because I do think despite the fact that some of the feelings about, about that area are a little bit skewed, one of the things that uh, Helen provides is kind of a, I feel like a, a foreign perspective on the area because... A lot of times when people, I feel like, go to not just like a a Chicago hood, but any kind of hood, right? It's always scary if you're not from there. Like, Mm. I think the people that live there don't see it the same way as outsiders do. But an outside perspective of like a dangerous neighborhood really does feel like something out of a horror movie. And I think you feel a lot of Mm. that when you see like Helen and Bernie like navigating this place where they're outsiders where it just feels like something's going to pop off at any second. And it's just because they don't, they don't know how things operate here. Like they're not, they're not from there. And because of that, it gives them this tense energy that I think a lot of people do feel whenever they walk through areas that they know are supposed to be bad or whatever. 
So I think like having Helen be the central point of view allows us to kind of see that lens that I think a lot of people had towards areas like Cabrini Green, where it's just like, oh, it seems like a really dangerous place where there's a lot of gangbangers and shit, but it's like, you know. Uh. It's like people just trying to live their lives and people yeah. just going about their lives and just because it's not the mm -hmm. same as the life you see day to day doesn't mean that it's any less than. It's just a different perspective. Exactly. And uh, fun fact about them choosing to do it in Cabrini Green is I guess the director... Bernard Rose, he just chose Chicago because it was just a place he had heard of before. And so he was like, oh, yeah, we'll set it in Chicago because he's an, an English director. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, we'll set it in Chicago. So then he asked the Illinois Film Commission where the worst public housing estate in the city was. And they said Cabrini Green. Yeah. And so that's why they chose to shoot it there. And they, you know, had paid uh, they had police escorts for a while and then they paid off some of the gangs, but the wow. the the guys that Helen and Bernadette interact with when they first get to Cabrini Green, when they have that whole interaction outside and they kind of like follow them, uh, those are actual gang members and they just paid them and had them say stuff yeah, to they had to, Helen and Bernadette. That was, part, crazy. that was part of their hood contract. It's like, yeah, we'll let you shoot here, but you got to make movie stars out of some of us. You got to put us in your movie. <laughs> Yeah, you know they was hype. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they was they was hype as hell for that. I'm sure. But it feels really organic, you know, like the the way that that whole interaction happens. I'm sure allowing them to just improv and say what they felt was much better than you know them trying to write lines and trying to you know and trying to say oh well what would what would gang members say? It's like no, just let them do their thing let them do, do what they're gonna do just let them do it you know what's kind of wild is like i've seen the movie several times growing up but i never really like looked into it too deeply i didn't even realize that it had a white director like straight up until actually yeah. i was like oh shit because i was kind of curious about that too because i know that this movie and we'll probably talk about it a little bit later like this movie's got some like controversy about whether or not it's like kind of racist Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I remember hearing that as I was watching it again for the podcast. And I was like, for whatever reason, I think because it's such a staple in black culture, I think I just always assumed that the director of the movie it was, was like a, a black, black person. Movie. Yeah, that it was a black movie, but it was not. It, it was a white director mm -hmm. based on a very white mm -hmm. short story from England. So it's like, it's kind of funny how it has evolved now into such a staple within like black horror and the black community, even though like it wasn't necessarily originally written for us, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, it was very important to the director that he did not fall into racist stereotypes. And so he enlisted a lot of help from Tony Todd and the actress that plays Bernadette helped him a lot to, basically you know he just he <laughs> conversed with his actors a lot and let them say oh that doesn't feel authentic my, or that my, doesn't seem real. in my head I'm, I'm i'm imagining him just walking up after they change the line and be like hey tony is this racist can you just read this real quick let me know is this is this line racist he's like yeah <laughs> bring it bring it over yeah. to bernie bernie what you what you think is this is this a racist line bernie i want you to walk in with a boom box on your shoulder is that okay <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but I no, I agree. With, I honestly didn't know who 
directed this for a very long time. Because it wasn't because that, that's <laughs> um, not what mattered. All that mattered was Candyman. Like that's what you watched the movie for. Tony Todd. You watched baby. it for Tony Todd. That was the only thing you were thinking about is like Candyman. Candyman. That was that. That was it. It's kind of crazy how uh how wrapped up Helen got. Because she was just doing a school project, like she mm-hmm. was, like like she got so wrapped up in it so like quickly that it was like I don't even know when I don't like I, it, it like it was like from one scene to the next she just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper and then she started just getting emotionally invested in the entire community like so it was just mm-hmm. that was very interesting to me and I wonder if they were trying to. Uh, because they always plant that little bit of seed that uh, she was the um, like she uh, was a reincarnation of, you know, his lover back when he was mm-hmm. uh, was killed. Yeah. So, like, I-, I wonder if that connection, that's the reason why she felt so drawn to the story and the myth and the and the legend that she like, you know, made it so real throughout every scene. It was like it started to become, oh, she's crazy. Like, yeah, when every mm-hmm. scene that went by, it was you started questioning, like, is wait a minute now, is she the one who's like, you know, doing all of this? Because we ain't that, even seen Candyman, but because she sure looked crazy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and every time the police show up, she's got the like the hook in her hand, she's you know, got blood all over her, and you know, that <laughs> was that was a part of the movie I did not, I did not remember. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't remember the whole psychological thriller aspect of this movie uh-huh. that you don't really know for sure if it's Candyman doing all this or if it's Helen. Um, right. I had forgotten. I completely forgot that was the thing. Because in my in my young brain, remembering being terrified of this movie, I'm just thinking mm-hmm. about Candyman ripping people up with his hook. Um, I had forgotten right. all the aftermath portions where nine out of ten times somebody gets brutally murdered and then Helen's just there covered in blood. And it's like, oh wait, it wasn't me. Holding a weapon. It's like, pause, um, ma'am. Right. It's like, baby girl, you couldn't look more guilty <laughs> right. if you tried. She, yeah, and when I was she's a kid, really, really not doing a great job. When I was a kid, I remember watching the movie and going, damn, Candyman done set her up. Like really thinking, like I, ne- it never crossed my mind that oh, she probably is the one doing it. For some reason, I just couldn't take my mind off of the fact that nah, Candyman did it. Like Candyman. I believe that when i was younger like of course when i grew up i was like oh all right mm-hmm. i can see she kind of crazy but you know when i was growing up i didn't think that at all i thought it was Candyman literally did that mm-hmm. and like put blood all over her and gave her the hook <laughs> i think the thing too that is really interesting about this movie is that for for like the last hour that is really it right it's like a cat and mouse between Candyman and helen and this play this power dynamic of you know oh because of what she's done now she has to either give up her life or she has to participate in continuing to kill people to make sure that Candyman, you know continues to exist and his legend continues to be and i do think that that is a really cool aspect of this movie and it is one that i really enjoy and because one part of it that i've always been a little bit on the fence about whether i like or not is the which could potentially change because so Anne marie 
who is a resident of Cabrini Green, who Helen meets fairly early on, has a baby named Anthony. And Anthony becomes a pretty big part of the movie later on. And he will be in the sequel, like all grown up in the sequel. But I never knew how I felt about that. Like the idea of Candyman stealing Anthony and keeping him hostage until Helen decides to, uh, you know, sub- submit to him. Yeah. It's not my favorite thing. It's just, it's such a big, it's such a big plot hole. And it's like one of the, it's just such a glaring one in a movie that I think does everything else very well in terms of like tying so everything well. together, the setups mm-hmm. for Helen and like whether or not she does like, it navigates all that stuff so well that when you get to the Anthony being kidnapped portion, it just it's hard it's hard to really believe it because one you're just like that baby should be dead there's no way that baby is still alive after all this is living off of honey living off of honey living off the succulent finger of candy man there's no fucking way (laughs) right he was just like standing around holding holding the baby the whole time until like helen found him and like yeah that 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 whole part was weird i feel like there was a missed opportunity uh, with this film, as much as I love it, I feel like there is a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. I always thought that th- thought to myself, why does Candyman kill black people? Mm. What if Candyman only killed white people? Because I felt like they 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 introduced that race portion to this and kind of just didn't really do nothing with it. They just had him killing everybody that was in the neighborhood. And that was the legend that he was just killing people in the neighborhood. But I always wondered, like, what if they went, like, kept going with that, uh, with that race, uh, portion of that, you know, and just kept it there. Like, the reason why he's coming back is because of what he, what he went through when he died, and who did it? Because like, that's something that I thought about too, and it's one of those things where it's like that. That is why I looked up the director because I was curious. Once again, this is such an important movie, I think, for a lot of black people. That that was something I thought about too. Is like, why doesn't why isn't the racial aspect? It's there, but why isn't it an even bigger part of the movie? Especially when you get into the sequel and you learn. I mean, you kind of learn about it in this one too, because we get the whole like speech about his his background or whatever. But they really dive into it in the sequel. Um, yeah. Like he's got some he's got some racial angst for sure over the shit that was done to him. But I think. Personally, it's because they really wanted to go with this idea of the um, the urban legend and not so much in the race direction, where it's like even what Erica was saying about like the concept of him um, finally appearing and coming back was because um, Helen was snooping too deep into this thing to the point where she's basically ruined the myth. Um, once she gets the the gang leader arrested, because also that was a turn that I had forgotten existed in this movie that we see somebody who claims to be Candyman and is just a gang leader, and then once oh, he yeah. <laughs> he walks I in the damn bathroom, <laughs> the way he walks in the bathroom, I heard you was looking for Candyman, bitch. It <laughs> <laughs> just backhands her with a hook. I don't know why they didn't kill her. Like, I don't know they why left they her left her alive. alive. Eh, maybe yeah. they're like, and eh, maybe not kill the random white lady. Maybe that's that a came little bit. Too, yeah, that might be like a little bit too risky. Um, like they, they know how far I, they could go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can only push it so far. 
But um, uh, Candyman to me c- reminds me a lot. Now that I've seen Blackula, I feel like he reminds me a lot of Mama Walde in the sense of two black people who were doing very well for themselves in a time where that was not okay mm-hmm. and who weren't willing to submit to what white society wanted them to be and therefore had to suffer for it. And in the same way that when Black Yellow comes back, he really has no control over himself and therefore he kills black people regardless you know, of what is going on. He just kills to live. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of the same thing for Candyman. It's through the crimes that were done against him, regardless of if they were who they were done by, it has forced him into this malevolent spirit who, regardless of knowing that these people are innocent, which he even says by his own accord, they are innocent lives, it doesn't matter anymore because what's done is done. And he... This is his existence. Yeah, now, he's is to be what he yeah, is. Yeah, he's not really mm-hmm. the thing is like his killings have nothing to do with race or anything like that. It's just his power comes from the memory. He's kind of like uh Freddy in that yeah. sense, where it's like if you know about him, yeah. he can exist. Um, and so it doesn't really matter who he's killing. The point is that there is a fear of his existence which keeps him alive and immortal. And like, I think that's what that's where we get this whole kind of like weird kind of romance thing, which I'm always I've always been on the fence about with this kind of like Dracula romantic take between him and Helen. Like, yeah, you got the like, maybe she's the ancestor of um, the girl that he was supposed to be with. But they even kind of retcon that in the second one. It, that That's besides the point. The the fact of the matter is he is. He is there to keep his name present in people's minds. And because she undermines that by getting the Candyman arrested and thus ending the legend, she's re- that's how she really releases him fully. And that's why we don't see him until an hour in, is because he was kind of content and contained um, just being this thing that you whisper at night. Um, but when she steps in, it's like, oh, he doesn't exist. And he's like, well... You done pushed my buttons, girl. Now I got to go around murdering yeah. everybody and remind everybody <laughs> who the big dog on campus is. It's like, <laughs> it's show one... <laughs> y'all what time it is. <laughs> yeah, babe, that's really what happened. Where it's just like, had she not gotten so deep in there, he, you know, would have been fine just killing people in the mirror. But because yeah. she showed up and showed out, now he's got to go around murdering everybody. It doesn't really everybody, matter what race yeah. they are. And that's what I mean. It's like she has this weird, obs- she has this obsession with figuring this out. And it, she, you know, she feels like it's up to her to do so. And as a result of that, yeah, she basically brings Candyman and he's like, oh, back on my bullshit again because of you. Like, I have to do these things. But I do actually, I do enjoy their, like, cat. I, I like the idea of Candyman and her, like, seduction dance uh-huh. that they have and how mesmerizing he is to her. Because I love how entranced she always is whenever he's around. And they, like, do this very... Hollywood glamour lighting on Virginia Madison. He's like, and he's like whispering mm-hmm. sweet nothings to her. Be, be my yeah, victim. and she and her like <laughs> and 
and just <laughs> just her eyes are like hit by this light and it always has this very soft glow mm -hmm. about her and it's very romantic in a way the the scenes between them if you disregard the blood in the <laughs> in the you know the gore surrounding them it, it is very romantic and i think there is a part of her that is very has moved on from being obsessed with the legend to being obsessed with the man but is n not willing to submit to him right and they did also just because it was another fun fact in there she did get actually hypnotized for a couple yeah. of those scenes apparently where they're doing those like glam shots of her apparently they brought in somebody to hypnotize her and then like she did a couple oh, wow. takes of that and she was like nah 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 this is this is this is too much, <laughs> too much. <laughs> like i'm not yeah. comfortable doing this which is I fair i don't know like, if i like y'all hypnotizing me in front of all these people it's kind of yeah, weird for me that seems very right. vulnerable and and i know they too they also deleted a scene uh between Candyman and helen because i guess despite the undertones that are so obviously there i guess that they were still the like executives were still very wary of having an interracial inter relationship crazy. so heavily shown on screen that's but i'm mm -hmm. like it's implied it's so I it's mean, there it's not, like it's, it's still barely, there it's not even just implied she like when she's snooping around the neighborhood she like walks into like some little dungeon area and she walks into his mouth and walks out and she's like looking mm -hmm. around and she sees a picture of herself, like a painting of what looks like her. And she's like staring, mm -hmm. she stares oh, at like, it. Slavery. And then you hear Candyman's voice in the background. And he's like, it was always you, Helen, or something like that. And, yeah. and I'm like, it, it wasn't real. It was like they just threw that idea away and forgot to delete all of the scenes where they're being like lovey dovey with each other, because like, they that is a big part of it uh, to me. Like, and I always felt like I always felt like it was just a, such a missed opportunity. If they weren't gonna do it all the way and go all the way with the interracial thing, like they should not have done it at all. The way it is the way I look at it. Yeah, although I I'm wishy washy on how much I like the romantic aspect of it. I know it was like an important thing to kind of establish this kind of debonair vibe for the character. I know Bernard Rose really wanted that, and I do think that a lot of the romanticism that I think I feel from Candyman comes from the violence. Um, because a lot of times when he's like, you know, that's his phrase, right? Be my victim. He's just like, he won before he died. He was an artist, right? So he's in love with the idea of the horror that he's going to create by how he's using going to her. kill her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like by using, using her as his victim, he's going to create the most horrific piece of art that the world has ever seen. And that's where a lot of his romance comes from. Um, yeah well because i i think a lot of the i don't necessarily yeah it's not necessarily like a romance but i think kind of in the similarly to hellraiser which is another clive barker production <laughs> there's this this like very their sex and violence are so heavily entwined it's like the sadomasochistic dance where it's horrible but it like 
kind of turns him on like yeah. out the idea mm -hmm. of then he and he even tells her he's like are you afraid of the pain like it's going to be an ecstasy you've never felt before like that idea of it is erotic and is like seductive and is very enticing we have a bargain and i'm afraid do you fear the pain or what is beyond both the pain i can assure you will be exquisite as for our deaths there is nothing to fear our names will be written on a thousand walls our crimes told and retold by our faithful believers we shall die together in front of their very eyes and give them something to be haunted by come with me and be immortal what do you think about the bees? The, the bees. bees. Um, first the bees. of all, no, not the bees. Um, <laughs> first of all, Tony Todd's voice is like smooth like honey. So I feel like the bees uh, do kind of fit. But I, I, I always thought the bees were an interesting aspect of this movie. And it's an interesting part of his past mm -hmm. which obviously gets like you said gets more explored in the second one and so in this one without knowing kind of everything it almost does seem a little bit like whoa but i always took the bees as first of all i love the imagery of him covered in bees and bees kind of swarming and engulfing uh, an area but i always kind of felt like the bees were an implication that he was like always he had lost his queen or he was always kind of like searching for that oh. aspect and so i always felt like when he unveils the bees to helen and he kisses her and tries like passes the bees to her it was almost like now you are my queen and we are going to go in and we're going to do this together we're going to be a new legend but we have it's gonna be together so that was kind of man kind of being just vulnerable like now i can show you my bees because <laughs> now you can see the bees yeah because Look upon he me and my bees baby because he, he he only shows the bees to her he does and he like it's a very specific moment he unveils himself and in that moment it's like oh she's about to submit to him this is you know this is a huge thing and i don't know if that's accurate but i that's what i've always seen it as that's a that's a cool I've, I've never thought about it like that but that's kind of a cool way to think about it I, i'd always just pieced it as like it's one of those things that was uh it was a character trait from the source material that they mm -hmm. wanted to service um and then it's just one of those things that did they didn't necessarily have enough time i think to fully explain it in this movie yeah. Um, like the more time you spend with the series, it makes way more sense why there's so many bees. Um, but I, I like that take on the like kind of like vulnerability of like you, you see the way that I die. You see me in my full self with all of my bee friends, um, which was practical, by the way, did not know that. And that's fucking frightening to me. They bred a bunch of bees, really like all these bees. bees. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. All, of it all these mouth. bees were born for this movie and yeah he had like a dental dam like in his mouth but those were real bees inside his mouth real bees all over helen 
Um, I did like the little tidbit that apparently he negotiated that every time he got stung by a bee, which was a lot, I think like 20 something times, he got an extra grand every time he got stung. So my man was hustling while still making bank upon bank. And for that, (laughs) another reason why Tony Todd is the goat. (laughs) He's like, I'll put bees in my mouth, but you're going to pay me extra. Best believe. Sorry, this is totally random. But did you guys know that Tony Todd... The highest he's ever been paid for doing a movie was doing Final Destination. Really? Yeah. Uh, you know what, though? And he's only that in that for like sense. two seconds. <laughs> that kind of makes sense. Because because by that point, he was such an I. His voice was so iconic, mm-hmm. and I feel like he was so iconic that like you have to pay big bucks yeah. to have candy. Yeah. And plus, besides movie, like, for the first Candyman, Tony Todd has been in a lot of other... Uh, other movies but most of them were very low budget b movies if we're being honest yeah. like it, it wasn't like he uh he was definitely he's always been a legend and he will always be a legend but he was definitely in some duds so well yeah because he's been in he's like he's been in like cameos. 200 yeah. yeah yeah he's been in like 200 movies so it's like you're not they're not all gonna be exactly <laughs> you're not gonna hit them all out of the park yeah. but um but i know that the director like really fought to have him in this movie because he had seen him so tony dot had been in this movie that he he said it was called the last elephant but when i looked it up it's actually called ivory hunter so i wonder if they changed the name mm. <laughs> like sometime along the way uh but i guess the director had seen him in that movie and was like i want him and so mm-hmm got in contact with his manager they brought him in for a personality test which i guess tony todd failed with the executive producers but the director was still like no i want him and so they brought him back in he like did some stuff with virginia madsen and then Mm -hmm. and that was it and then he was Candyman. which i did read though that eddie murphy was supposed to potentially be Candyman. which i cannot i cannot I can't even picture <laughs> what that movie would be, but I also would love to see. I would love the to at least see like Eddie a, Murphy uh, edition. a test screening of Eddie Murphy <laughs> as Candyman. Oh my god, that would be funny. I mean, and I mean, if you ever seen uh, what the heck? Uh, he was in a movie called what? What was that movie called that he was in? Well, he was a vampire. Vampire in Brooklyn. Vampire, vampire in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Uh, I got a feeling Brooklyn, he probably yeah. would have played it like that. <laughs> <laughs> he would have played it like vampire in brooklyn for sure <laughs> oh that shit would have been wild um, oh my gosh <laughs> but real quick um so we talked about a couple things um from the you know the sexy seduction stuff mm-hmm. um to kind of like the location and all that stuff but it's hard to talk about Candyman without talking about some of the gore. There's some about that hook hand ripping people to shreds that gets me shook every yeah. time. And I'm kind of curious, which, what scene from this movie do you guys think haunts you the most or has haunted you the most over the years? Um, The one where she's mm-hmm. sitting in that office uh, with, uh, with the dude. And, yep. and she's and, and he's like explaining, you know, what's going on. And he's like, he's like uh, real skeptical about what she's been up to. And all of a sudden he appears behind him and hooks him. And it's broad daylight. Yeah. It's the lighting is like just bright as hell. And he's just like ripping him apart. That part right there 
used to scare me. But you know what scared me the most out of that scene, besides for that, was how he mm. exited the room. <laughs> <laughs> the way he you out the goddamn room, I, that used to scare the shit out of me. I don't even know why, because uh, now when I watch it, it's kind of funny. But the way he yeah. zooms yeah. out that goddamn room, he backs the fuck. I'm like, God damn, he can fly. You're, and nobody has ever talked right. about how Candyman can fly. <laughs> he's sh- he sure can. You're right. It is very like, it's like very crank that Candyman. It is. Like the way it is. It kind of reminds yeah, me of that it, scene um from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street where she gets pulled through the door. It's kind of like that. The way, it, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. how like fat, how they, they kind of so speed cool. it up. Yeah. So it kind of reminds me of mm-hmm. that scene. And, and that scene used to scare me too. So, I, I, yeah, that it's part the right way, there for some reason. It's the reason. way his legs, the way his legs and his arms fold in so that he can through <laughs> the window is what, yeah. is what did it for me, I think. <laughs> like, my people need me. I'm out. Right. <laughs> the bees. He zoomed <laughs> out like he me. had a jetpack yeah. on. Like... <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is like that scene. That's my. That's the same scene for me too. Like the scene that like, because I remember watching somebody just get brutally like mauled with that thing um, in their back, and I realized watching again it was that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, for how horrifying that part is, him going out the window was hilarious, and the other thing <laughs> <laughs> that I just cannot, <laughs> I could not unhear during this watch is the Tony Todd grunts. When he kills people, yeah, because mm. oh, mm. Uh, oh yeah, he does do that. <laughs> yeah, because when he lot. kills Bernadette, when he kills Bernadette, he's like, uh, uh, and she's it's like, because uh. it's, it's it's almost because like I I don't think that it was like in real time too. Like I think it's ADR. I think they yeah. added in afterwards, so it's probably just him just like looking at the scene, just uh-huh. going uh, 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 into a mic or something like that, but. There's something just so sensual about the way that he sounds yeah. when he does it. It's just that in juxtaposition of him just shoving that hook all the way up that doctor's back. I was mm-hmm. like, this is this is a very subjective scene. But like, there's some subtext here, I feel. It is. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, his grunting. I know. I was like, "Am I am I turned on right now?" <laughs> well, and I think because I I do think though, there's something about it that I really like because I think with villains, you're I you get into this point where they're almost expected to have this crazy superhero strength, so it's almost so easy for them. And just hearing him grunting, I just imagined him having to tear through bone and muscle and flesh and like putting work into that mm-hmm. and for some reason that made it so much more visceral to me yeah. because I was like oh just imagining him like struggling to con- just gut someone from top to bottom with a hook yeah and it made me feel ooh, it's just it I can't feel uncomfy I just couldn't not just imagine be like yeah you like that uh, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, uh. 
everything he yeah. does is a little but sensual it, too. Like even the way he stares yeah. at his victims, he does. like he'll be staring at at his victims. Even when he uh, stares at Helen, like everything he does is very like sensual. Even when he, even when they, we first see him and he's standing mm-hmm. in that parking garage, like he's got his head up, like like looking up at the sky and like kind of like turning his head a little bit, mm-hmm. like looking up. Everything he does, and even like the way he speaks to her, he's like Helen. Like everything is he's like a, he's yeah. a sexy murderer. Bro. Yeah, he's a like, sexy murderer. He's, he's real sexy. I want to see with a compilation of like. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he is. I want to see a compilation of like genuine playing behind <laughs> like everything he does, and just or like Keith Sweat or something. Because I just like I don't know. Everything he does has this swagger to it. It is very sensual though. Mm-hmm. But it for me, it's I think the two scenes that stick out to me the most are the scenes that we don't really see, and for some reason they've always just been in my head and i think it's because i have created these ideas with them and the first one is with the original who is uh ruthie jean so the original person that they discover Candyman kind of like came in and killed her in her bathroom uh i don't know something about thinking about that and when they like pull the the mirror out and they discover there's this whole you know, mm-hmm. world behind her apartment wall, that always scared the shit out of me because I was like, oh, I can't even imagine going to my bathroom. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, somebody is coming at me and like, you know, killing me. And I think we get a little bit of that later on when Candyman attacks Helen and he like reaches through her her mirror. But so that scene, but then also the scene with the little kid in the bathroom mm-hmm. when we hear what happened to him and we Mm -hmm. get glimpses of what happened to him that was also very scary to me because it happened once again broad daylight public place middle of the day like and it's a little kid just going to the bathroom i i I guess maybe it's this idea of being very vulnerable in the bathroom and then all of a sudden i just thought about that there's a lot of bathroom like action yeah, bathroom. Yeah, because like, that mirror, motifs, that yeah. mirror, man. Also, yeah. also, real quick, Candy, Candyman out here cutting kids' dicks off because I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what. Like, <laughs> that's I, yo, that's kind of weird. Never caught that until this watch, until that this watch. But like, happened. I re, I had to rewatch that scene twice because like it went by so quickly that I like I didn't register what happened. I just saw like somebody laying there in a pool of blood, uh-huh. and like I knew I was like, no, no, I didn't catch that whole story. So like I I hit rewind I listened to it again and then I was like and then you know Jack's like yeah he got him then he was like holding himself and then he dropped the thing in the toilet I'm like hold up Candyman yeah. <laughs> right it's one thing yeah, to be slash people up with a hook you can't be can't be out here cutting kids dicks off that's 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 crossing the line Candyman that's too much I agree like that had me shook because. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, when you really realize what 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 he's saying, it's like what what? And and I mean, I guess it's one of those. It's implied that he reached out from inside of the toilet and just kind of swung. Wait, so he was in the toilet. What it seems like happened. Oh my god! That's what the way that. <laughs> The way that I interpreted the story, and maybe I'm being a little ridiculous, <laughs> but the way that I interpreted the story was like, yeah, Candyman was in the toilet, reached up out of the toilet, and 
and just kind of like swink and cut it off. That's what I always thought it was. But because otherwise, I'm like, what? It makes the most sense to me that way, mm-hmm. and just like logistically. And then I thought that's why, oh, later on, it's like an arrow down into the toilet and the bees are in the toilet. I, that's what I always thought. But maybe. Oh, that is maybe so. Not. That means uh-huh. Candyman was hiding in the toilet. <laughs> in the pipes, honey. Like, that's what that means, that he was literally in the toilet. And, uh, oh, my God. In I'm, I'm going to have nightmares. The surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> that's what Candyman made, Candy made the bathroom scary. Oh, my God. That's what, and I, I have a weird thing about toilets, and maybe that's why I'm imagining that, because I have this weird fear that, like, a snake's going to crawl up out of my toilet when I'm using the bathroom. <laughs> so maybe I'm just projecting that onto this story, but, yeah, I don't know. No, because he does say in the beginning of the movie that, like, he's like, I'll cut you from your groin up to your loins or something something like mm-hmm. that. So I, I, I grow <laughs> into your gut. Your right, yeah, like, so I, I'm like... Like, why do you start with the groin? Like, I don't, like <laughs> nobody, so, nobody ever said so anything like about that. Ghost, so I fucking <laughs> ghost face when he's like freestyling in scary movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll slice yeah. your dice, cut off your balls. Slash and gash, cut another hole in your ass. Spill blood on the walls and play tennis with your balls. If the phone rings, don't answer that call. You're gonna slay your throat, fuck you like a ghost, kill your foreskin off, and make a winner coat. Peace. Yeah. Oh man, but those scenes, yeah, those scenes definitely got me. Especially cuz too it's like a little a little kid. I know I'm the first person to say get them kids, but, but I think it's just the way alone. Come on. It's the way and it's the way that it's shot. Like I do actually really enjoy those scenes where somebody's telling a story mm-hmm. and they are showing what's happening. And so I think the the cuts to the story matched with this little kid telling this tale of violence and gore and horror something about that is just like gives me the heebie-jeebies yeah i i agree and that's the thing too is and that's something we didn't talk too much about is the fact that this movie is shot very very well and there's some really cool imagery in this entire movie like all the way throughout um her nay you talked about it but the scene of her like going through the mural and like coming out of the mouth, like that, that whole section to me always just looks so um, visually stimulating. Yeah. And like, there's just constant visual subtext just like throughout the entire film that I always appreciate. I got two other questions for y'all uh, yeah. before wrapping up. The first one is something that we were talking about earlier, which this movie has gotten a little bit of flack to some people about being kind of racist do you after re-watching it this time do you agree with that notion do you think that there are some racial undertones to this how do you guys feel about it after this watch uh you know what i think that they should have i think the reason why they there is uh uh you know those um criticisms is because they didn't take it there i think if they would have went all the way with the race stuff, went all the way with the, you know, white savior, went all the way with, uh, you know, them having some sort of, like, romantic relationship, I think it might have been received better. Like, okay, it was being done on purpose, but now 
but because it's so wishy-washy and they don't really go with that story, I, I can see where it can be considered racist. You know, I can see where it can be considered like, oh, they're like trying to like, you know, uh, you know, say something with this that has some sort of like racist undertone. So I, I kind of can see what they're what they're talking about with that, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. What about you, well, and and I know because I I went back and rewatched the horror noir documentary because I remember them talking about it in that. And mm-hmm. part of the frustration was the idea that once again, um, a a black person was being uh they compared it to king kong right like the beast the monster the brute coming after this like beautiful white blonde woman and so we were kind of this movie was also kind of feeding into that stereotype of like the black person being this beast that Mm -hmm. is coming after this you know successful beautiful woman white woman and she's his obsession and all this stuff and i i can i can see where people are coming from with that regard but for me, I I do I do think that Candyman is the star of this show, and I don't see him as a beast and a monster and a brute, and I don't really get that too invested in his relationship with Helen, um, because you know I I do think that the way that they played it in certain aspects was smart in the sense of oh because you've messed up with my my legend now i'm after you kind of a thing but i do see where people are coming from with that and i do see how you could see some of these side characters as as stereotypes you know or or that they're feeding into this idea that like you know, of you know black people are this specific sort of a way and that we're completely following in a black story we're completely following you know a white heroine Mm -hmm. like i I can see where people have those issues but for me personally i think that the grand scope on the grand themes of this movie are outweigh any of my feelings about that candy man i think is a tragic character and i feel for Candyman. and also there's like topics of gentrification and like um you know these characters that are the side characters i think are just as interesting if not more than helen so i don't know i i i think that the good in this movie outweighs those feelings for me Mm -hmm. but i completely see where people are coming from Mm-hmm. when they feel that way and now all of that is to say that i am very very excited and very happy to see that this new installment looks like it's much more centered on the black characters and them as the protagonist and the antagonist which i think you know, which I, I am interested to see what they do with that. So that is not to say that I'm not excited for the direction that they're going in. But I also am not bothered by the direction that the original one went in. Yeah, I I, I agree there. And I think these are some things that may get addressed in the reboot. Because like I was saying yes. before... Although race does play an important role in this film, it's not, in my opinion, 
the main topic of this film, especially knowing that the source material isn't a black story per se. And I think getting to tackle this same idea and story, but have, you know, a black director and a predominantly black cast and take this cultural icon that has been within black culture for so long and have that story told by black people will maybe mitigate some of the issues that people had with this film and and its approach on race and the way that race is viewed overall. I think that's like a big thing where it's like this movie means so much to us, but it's like it's not 100% fully our movie. Yeah. Um yeah. and I think getting getting the Jordan Peele version of it may be the version that I think a lot of us have longed for, which is like all right, this is fully the Candyman that is for us by us, you know, straight up Fubu Candyman. For <laughs> Fubu those that Candyman. Know <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Honestly, um, I hope. I hope it is. I hope they do address everything that I wish was addressed more uh, in the first Candyman. Kind of. That was kind of my last question too. Is like what you guys were excited about, um, Erica? If you want to let us know, like what big things for the sequel are you excited about or like what's got you Mm -hmm. itching to see um the new candy man yeah so my biggest thing is a for because it is a continuation of a story it seems Mm -hmm. as far as i can tell we are getting Anne marie back uh anthony like i said is all grown up and returning to cabrini green or what is cabrini green now now it's like a dick sporting goods in a target now straight up (laughs) yeah yeah it's been destroyed yeah so i'm stirred out let me tell you I yeah and I and I hope that they touch on that topic and I'm really I think the thing that I'm most excited about and that I really reinforced after this watch of the original is what they do with the imagery and how they do with setting the atmosphere because I think of nothing else Candyman is a great movie that sets some amazing atmosphere i think these sets in this movie are just as much characters as the characters themselves Mm -hmm. like anytime they went to cabrini green that itself added tension even helen's apartment i mean the way that they were able to utilize that to showcase different parts of the story i think were amazing and there are some very successful scares in this movie without being a complete jump scare movie And I'm hoping that that continues on into this movie. What I am most interested in seeing is the way that they flip Candyman's origin because it seems like we are going into a police brutality situation, which is much more relative to to today. Mm -hmm. So I am interested in how that kind of that will go and how that will unfold. And I'm also interested in how they treat the urban legend aspect of Candyman and how you know that gets unfolded throughout the story because it is such a huge part of the original much more of a part of the original than I remembered and I hope that they keep that aspect of it so I'm really excited and I just thought one little other fun fact that I found um, because Horror Noir has a podcast now and they did an interview with Tony Todd And he mentioned on that that I guess 
when they did, when Freddy versus Jason came out, they pitched a Candyman versus Leprechaun. I saw that. I saw that too. I saw that too. Oh my god. I would pay to see that. Look, I know, I know, <laughs> oh I know you, God. I know Mans was like absolutely not. Like, I know he shot that shit down so quickly. And it's good that he did. Let's be real. It's good that he did. <laughs> but God damn it, do I want to see that movie? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I'm just like, why? And, and what an interesting pairing. Yeah, I guess he, he was like, yeah, I've shot down a lot of movies. He's like, I don't want to see Candyman in the hood. I don't want to see Candyman in space. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's fair. That that is fair, but I'm just like, why leprechaun? Yeah, of all the, it's because like... it's because that was like the only other like available like horror thing at the time. It was like, all right, it's either leprechaun or right. Chucky. Uh, let's let's throw a leprechaun and see if it works. I I surprisingly, obviously they did Freddy versus Jason, but I actually think that Freddy versus Candy. Yeah, that would have actually been really interesting. That would have been. That would have been really good to me. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because that's a that's an yeah. interesting mix of like two kind of similarish characters. Uh, yeah, or I don't even know why they don't do Candyman versus Pinhead. Oh yeah, true. Well, maybe it, they're too similar, just, or maybe it's just yeah. they're just like you know we got away with Freddy versus Jason, so <laughs> <laughs> let's not push our <laughs> let's, luck. Let's count our blessings <laughs> that we got that uh, mm-hmm. collaboration out and not push it too far. There's yeah. one one more thing. Um, before we go into ratings and stuff, can we all agree that Bernie would have fared a lot better if she just had a couple more black friends? Like, she was hanging out with Helen. That's, <laughs> that's so true. She got into some you situations know, yeah. where, like, when I was taking notes for this movie, half my Bernie notes were like, Bernie, you know better. Come on now. Bernie, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because when they were in Cabrini Green, Bernie was like, Helen, baby, you acting up like you ain't never been out the house. She like didn't want to, she didn't want to say Candyman five times, mm-hmm. which I was like, correct. She was like, nah, and nah, I'm not going to say it. She was like, bitch, you got me fucked up if you think I'm going to say Candyman right. again. Yeah, I know. It's such a bummer that Bernie, I'm like, why did you have to bring her flowers? Let her be. <laughs> like, I get that you're trying to support your friend, but like, but she just, she just decapitated space. a dog. You should get new friends. Go find. Yeah, right. your friend might be a murderer. Maybe give her a, a month to cool down. Yeah, she brings her like tulips. I was like, oh, is that like, hey, sorry you killed somebody, flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's such a bummer that Bernie died. Also, can we agree that Trevor, uh, Trevor ain't yeah, shit? Yeah, he ain't shit. Like, I, I don't. I, yeah, I'm not, he was like, I'm gonna get me a new girl. In- instantly, <laughs> with the quickness. <laughs> I'm not like a huge fan of like the passing the torch of like Helen being the new Candyman at the end, but watching her gut Trevor like a fish was, I was okay with that. Like that, I was like, you know yeah. what? I'll yeah. fit. I'll I'll go half and half on that one. I don't like the plot device, but I like what happened due to it. So mm-hmm. why not? I I didn't I didn't think she was the new Candyman. Not- I just thought. They had they had added on to the legend. Oh, uh, okay. She, like just some unfinished business. Now, yeah, like now Cabrini Green also has a legend about Helen and but I honestly feel like she only came back to fuck Trevor up. I don't think she's gonna be like I don't think she's gonna be like <laughs> she's like gonna go back to for sleep after else. Trevor. She's like, all right, no. I got the yeah, one person I that I didn't like. like. Nah. I feel like she had her her pager ready and it popped up and it said, hey, Trevor, just said your name five times. She was like, bet. <laughs> she went up to kill him and she was like, all right, 
I'm done. <laughs> now they should have had they, they should have had they should have had her kill Trevor and then go find uh the fake Candyman and be <laughs> and get him. <laughs> That's what they should have did. Cause she, cause even, she got kill, she got beat up pretty bad. Either. Just just fucking backhand the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what should have happened with the with the hook. <laughs> <laughs> with the nah, I, I, I like to believe that Helen has now left on to become the Whole Food slash Gelson's version of Candyman. Where like Candyman <laughs> won't pop up in the suburbs, but if you say Helen's name five times, she'll come through. Oh my god, she she'll pop through, and that's how gentrification yeah. started. <laughs> and that's and that's how it began okay sorry one last quick little question before we get to the rating uh just a very quick do you guys like the so disregarding that whole part with helen do you guys like the ending of this with the burning of the like the bonfire and her and Candyman being trapped inside mm. and like her saving mike or her saving anthony do you guys like that i don't love no? it yeah, <laughs> yeah. i definitely I'm, don't love it <laughs> I'm kind of the same regard. It's mostly because I can't get over how big of a plot hole Anthony is. So it's just like the mm-hmm. all of that last bit, even though like visually it's cool, like her finding him in the mountain of trash, then escaping Candyman through the fire and flames to be able to save the baby. I'm like, and I'm happy he's alive to do this reboot, sure, but both her and the baby should have been <laughs> dead long ago. <laughs> Particularly because she was using the baby to like move wood. The way that she was bobbing that baby up and down, it would have had some injuries. Yes. She was like using it to punch through wood and like <laughs> and to like punch through the the fire. I was like, okay. also, if y'all are looking for I an mean... absolute treat, rewatch that scene and just look for the stunt double who's on fire because I'm fairly oh sure God. that's a grown ass man in a wig and that shit <laughs> looks wig, hilarious yeah. oh my god it's pretty good also not not only that but also the last scene with Trevor and his girlfriend homegirl forgot she was supposed to be holding a real knife <laughs> did you guys see her like how she was hitting her hand with the knife <laughs> You know, she was like, she was like doing that thing where you're like, you know, tapping when you like tap a pen against your hand, but she was doing it with the knife. But instead of doing it with the dull side, she did it with <laughs> the blade side and she like taps it into her hand a couple times. I said, oh, Lord, she <laughs> I said, not the knife. <laughs> oh, man. OK, should we should we rate? Yes, this? let's rate, rate it. Now, one? I'm going to go out on a whim here and assume that. 99% of people rate this out of hook hands. So is there <laughs> anything else that we could rate this movie out of? Bees. We, we could rate it out of yeah, bees. Yeah, we could rate it out of bee kisses. Bee kisses. Um, <laughs> we could rate it out of uh, poop writing. Because that was poop, right? On the was wall. It, sure was it poop? I couldn't tell if it was yeah. poop or blood. It was It was, no, it was, it was poop. poop. It was poop. It was poop. <laughs> right, nah. Unfortunately, it was poop. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Yo, somebody wrote. Um, uh, we could oh rate my it. God. <laughs> somebody really sinking took in. shit somebody out of the out of the toilet and wrote very neatly. <laughs> and a lot. Yeah. It because it right because it said sweet sweets to the sweet. That's that's so much poop. <laughs> that's a 
that's a year's worth of poop <laughs> to write sweets to the sweets and then draw an arrow. Right. That's nuts. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Okay. We're not rating any poop. Make my vote for just bees. They're not gonna rate out of poop. I'm gonna vote for bees. Dang it. Anybody got something other than bees to do? Nah, I like the bees. One of these days. One of these movies. Erica is like, I'm gonna rate some shit. We're gonna rate. We're gonna rate some shit. Alrighty, we can do it out of bees. Bees. All right. Um. Na- yeah, Nate? I was gonna say Nate. You want to go first? Do you want to go first? Okay. Uh. So. Uh. Or do you want to? So out of five to bees, how much out would you give Candyman? Okay. So I'm going to give it. I'm going to give Candyman four bees out of five. Four out of five bees. Okay. Solid. Solid. Yes. Yes. Four bees out of five. I took a bee away because I feel like they could have committed a little bit more to the uh the storyline between him and Helen and the race uh, issues. Okay. I feel like if they would have committed to that a little bit more or at least either committed to it or completely took it away, uh, that would have made it uh, almost perfect. Plus, the, the ending was a little eh to mm-hmm. me. But I love this movie, so I have to give it uh, at least four out of five. Okay, no worries. You could also give it partial Bs, too. I know it's a little morbid, but if you want to give like a portion of a B... We do welcome a, pe- a yeah. piece of like a B wing. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to throw yeah. a B wing in okay. there, you can. But I'm a, you know you. what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a one. I'm gonna throw a, a one B wing. <laughs> so I'm gonna give four four and B one wing. B wing. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that rating. Very nice. 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 Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. 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 Erica, you want to go next? Yes. Okay, I'm going to give this a four point five Bs out of five. Okay. Yeah, I forget how much I like this movie until I rewatch it and how good of a movie it is. Uh, I think the plot is actually really tight and there's not a lot of fat on it. It gets through what it needs to get through. And I think there are a lot of elements that it touches successfully um, that help to tie it up into a very interesting story. And... The only downfalls for me are really the, um, like the bit with the baby Anthony because, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't know that it was necessary. It doesn't totally gel for me with everything else that we know about Candyman. I don't quite understand it, and also. Yeah, and I think that just kind of bleeds into the ending a bit because obviously the whole point of that ending is that, you know, Helen sacrifices herself for baby Anthony, which, you know, it's, it's, I I think I like that she died. I think her dying is the most, makes the most sense for this movie, but I, I'm not sold on the way that it happens. Um, so those are my only downfalls, but other than that, Candyman himself is a certified classic, like such a good villain and played amazingly well. There are some great shots in this movie. The setting is fantastic. The atmosphere that they build is wonderful. And the musical score, I forget how much I like it. Oof, so good. has like this weird whimsy to it that I really enjoy, uh, that really juxtaposes like the things that are happening in the movie. So yeah, 4.5 out of five for me. And I cannot wait to see the new one. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. The score is so good. 
Um, I can't remember. I think it was like Philip Glass who did the score for it. I don't remember. But anyway, so I think I give Candyman 4.8 out of 5 Bs. Yeah, I... Man, granted, I've seen this movie a lot, but it's been a while. And this was the first time I think really like watching it, analyzing it as an adult. And it still holds up for me. Like, fact of the matter is, is after watching this movie, I had trouble sleeping because like I was just still so terrified of the idea of Candyman. And even after watching horror movies for basically a living at this point, the fact that this movie still has that effect on me, I think says a lot about it as a production. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there are so many good things about this and it's very obvious why it's a classic from the acting to the storytelling to the big ideas that are wrapped up in this story, the score, cinematography, all these things are just so good. Um, The only thing that keeps it away from being a five to me is I think it does lose a little bit of steam towards the ending. Um, I do Mm -hmm. think that could have been tightened up a little bit more. And I do think getting to hear this story from a more black perspective is going to be really great. So I think that the reboot, if it is as good as this one with some additional, you know, flair to it, I think it'll solve all my issues and it'll Mm -hmm. easily be a five out of five. But we'll see in a couple of days. But yeah, 4.8 out of five B's from me. Nice. That is it for our discussion on Candyman. Thank you again, Nate, so much for being here, hanging out, having a little chit chat with us. Um, You you can go ahead. Oh, of course. You can expect as soon as the new one comes out and we've both seen it, you can expect uh, some texts, (laughs) some messages, some conversations to be had. Absolutely. Um, because I'm sure we'll want to hear your thoughts on it after it comes out. But um, can you please let the people know where to find you? Because you do some comedy videos on your social media, correct? Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Nate underscore Treadwell. And you could also find me on TikTok at Nate the great so that's n-a-t-e duh d-a and great so nate the great on <laughs> tiktok nice. and nate treadwell on instagram yeah you y'all y'all better y'all better check him out this is one of the few tiktoks that i watch religiously because this man is hilarious so good y'all missing out without watching him <laughs> Yes, please go and give him a follow. And if you do so, tell him that the homies sent you and they said, what's up? (laughs) Um, But if you guys want to further discuss Candyman with us or you want to have discussions once the new one comes out, then you can always hit us up on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always send us an email. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. Um, as usual, we always appreciate you homies heading over to our Apple Podcasts, if possible, and leaving us a rating or a review. First of all, we just love hearing from you guys and what you're thinking of the show, but also more ratings and reviews help more people get their eyes on our podcast. So if you are able to and you have an Apple account, please head over there and do that. 
we have a Discord. Yes, we if do. you would like to join our Discord and chit chat with other homies and ourselves, um, you can do so. The link for that is in our bios on our social media. So if you would like to join the Discord, Discard, <laughs> discard party. <laughs> if you would like our, to join the, discard the, the Discord party, party. <laughs> the Discord party, we would love to see you there. And last but not least, we have just finished on Twitch. We've just finished our Left for Dead run. Mm -hmm. uh, we hope you guys were able to see that. But if not, no worries. It's never too late. Come hang out with us on Twitch. We'll be starting some new games. Uh, we're always excited to see you guys and chat with you. And uh, we plan to have some more watch parties and et cetera in the future. So if you come and follow us on Twitch, you'll be notified whenever we are live. Uh, once again, the link for that is in our bio. But that is going to be it for us today, homies. We hope that you guys have a great week. Try not to say Candyman five times in the mirror. Uh, if you do and you survive, please let us know. Um, and if Candyman comes, also let us know. Get an autograph. Por favor. Yeah, be careful if you're on the <laughs> toilet, though. It's apparently <laughs> risky business. <laughs> um, but yeah, have a great rest of your week, homies. We will be catching you next Monday. Catch you later, homies. Bye.